Hey, AGs, are you ready to add a touch of luxury to your home, just like the Real Housewives? BCC Villa Rosa. Introducing Home Threads, where style meets comfort for the ultimate glam experience. Picture this. Chic furniture, one could even say chic c'est la vie, that mirrors the elegance of your favorite housewives' mansions. With exclusive designer collections and a curated selection, HomeThreads.com has everything you need to make your space as fabulous as the housewives themselves and always at the best value. Unlike Joe Gorka's initial attempts at windows, perhaps. Now, I have to tell you, I know that Padma is no longer on Top Chef, and may her memory be a blessing, but nothing has made me feel better prepared to host future seasons and potentially even iterations of Top Chef Upper East Side Edition than the Henkel's clad 10-piece stainless steel cookware set in silver that I got along with a two-piece stainless steel ceramic nonstick fry set from Zwilling thanks to Home Threads. It makes me feel like I am finally ready to be a top chef one egg over easy at a time. They're gorgeous. They look great in the apartment. For someone like me who lives in New York City which with a very small space, what I have in my kitchen is important because guests who come to visit me see it. And I'm so, so thankful to have discovered Home Threads because now I feel fully prepared to make eggs a la Francais. Head over to HomeThreads.com today and live your best Real Housewives life. Go to HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls and get a code for 15% off your first order. Again, that's HomeThreads.com slash AndyScrolls for a 15% off code off your first order. HomeThreads, love where you live. If at first you don't succeed, then come complain with me. Kim K says, nobody wants to do the work these days. <laughs> I say, I shouldn't have to. <laughs> I love any kind of Kardashian little cameo. Hello. I mean, it's it's the season of Kardashians right now. I feel like we're in a renaissance. We They're are. Yeah. You know what? It's happy spring. Hulu is on the mind. They, <laughs> yes. Their new show, because they're using, like, a what's it called? Flying video camera. What's yeah. it called? It's a- like drones. Yes. <laughs> and so it's like a totally new show. Drones over was- Calabasas. Literally just I flying everywhere. It. Oh, my God. That's a symphony. Drones yes. over Calabasas. <laughs> that would be Kanye's next album if right. he remembered that he's a musician. Which right. I don't think he does anymore. <laughs> but anyway. Not on Instagram as of late, no. Um, not so much. You guys, it's Andy's Girls, a show about Real Housewives, but also maybe a show about keeping up. Um, it's, you know, me. Why would I introduce <laughs> 298 episodes. This is what happens when I record in person. Is that like I get a little... Um, uh, Guys, and I'm so excited about a return guest to the People's People's Couch. You know him as actor and entertainment writer for The Griot. I have looked forward to this for a hot minute. Welcome back to AG, Jared Alexander. Jared Alexander, how are you? I'm good. I'm so happy to be back. I feel like last time we, we Zoomed. It was in the thick of like that longest Salt Lake season ever, but I was coming off a cold and I remember Mm. that it ended. (laughs) 
And then I went, I had to wait till we listened to it. It turned out great, but I was like, what even just happened? I was so delirious with Jen Shaw and everything and also coming off of that head cold. I mean, that's how a lot of guests feel. Yes. And I think there's like a little, a level of delirium yeah. that just Like a little bit of blacking out. And then you're like, who knows what made it in? But no, it was, the Zoom was nice, but this is just always so much better. Right. And the last, so the last, the time before that, you had recorded in my apartment, which is now... Mm-hmm. In the words of Melissa Gorga's home, redone. Yes. There's a vibe of sprinkle cookies in the ether. Yes, yes. We're there's a little the, envy. A little there's a envy. little envy that I hope everyone feels when they look at my office, <laughs> which is where we are now. It's gorgeous. It, it's stunning. It's, you know, it, there's just so much going on, so much color. It feels so inviting, safe. I have Kim K from yes. Milk and Don't Call Me Honey. Not yeah. bad for a girl with no talent. It's one of my favorite illustrations. <laughs> it's fun, guys, because you haven't really seen it yet, but I just like pointing to things on an audio podcast guys, and describing Guys, get them. ready when you finally get to see it's it. Cute, it's right? It's pretty major, yeah. And Heather Dubrow should be jealous. Heather Dubrow should be jealous and is jealous, although I do want um, apparel tags. You know, she has like, but it's because she has her own weird clothing company. But yes. I want tags for the cloth fest that yes. says like Sarah's cloth. Totally. Wouldn't that be great? <gasps> Tori oh, Lisi, Tori Healy Lisi of Studio Piccolo, if you're listening, um, can we get some tags? <laughs> She's yes. going to be like, you don't. What are you talking about? But <laughs> this is the delirium that I'm in today. Um, so listen, how are you doing? How are you feeling? You're um, in a new show, which is super yes, exciting. Yes. You're at- I'm good. I'm feeling feeling good and busy and, and grateful. I feel like, you know, especially like as an actor coming out of the COVID of it all and mm. everything, it's been... A lot to adjust to, but also mm-hmm. like getting to write has also been something that's so great. And like you said, I, I cover entertainment at the Grio and specifically reality TV. And obviously, there's been so much. So I think, yeah, I'm I'm feeling good. Still not 100 percent sure about 2022, but I know that um mm. that we're like surviving and trying to thrive. Yeah. So I think that's something, you know. <laughs> but, I think that is who's something. To say what it'll turn out to be, but for now, it's okay. So have you been covering all things Kardashian? Have you been covering some Bravo Michigas? What, what's um, been um, in the ether? Definitely more Bravo than Kardashian. So like on Fridays, I do reality roundups on the website, mm. which is super fun. Um, and they're just like top five things that I think we should be covering. So mm. unfortunately, it, it's been more like the Kanye, Kim, Pete saga mm-hmm. of it all. But in terms of Bravo, um, no, I've actually been able to cover a lot, which has been good. And of course, the Grio, we're like a black website specifically and that's our audience so it's been so awesome especially with i got to interview gertie and kiki (gasps) around december from miami which was so fun and it was like still fresh for me too i think i had only seen the pilot at that time or the pilot (laughs) the reboot the first rebooted episode um god and it was just so awesome and like now i'm like (laughs) good thing because i probably would have been freaking out before because i'm obsessed with pretty much everyone in miami but um yeah it's been really cool to cover that and it feels like there's been there's been a lot going we've mm-hmm. we've really been fed i feel like during the pandemic with bravo there was like that period where we were like are we ever gonna get a season of housewives oh again God. and now you know i feel like the schedule is like pretty consistent there's like always two or three on as as it should be we, we're, we're being fed i mean i have to say i do like a strong two like three can get a little much when you're when it's like content creation two episodes of ag a week and then god forbid we like go anywhere near four i feel oh, like i'm drowning right but that's, that's two true is nice like the fact that this week we have two right I'm super happy about it well i think it always depends on where you are in it too like i feel like if if a season if a city like salt lake city for example if you're mm. in reunion like that takes up so much 
space mm-hmm. that it's nice that the shows on the other days, if they're like a bit earlier in the seat, you know what I mean? If like mm-hmm. the stakes aren't too high, if it's all stakes all the time, it's it, it can definitely be a lot for sure. But Salt Lake City was also like maybe the longest season I think <laughs> we've ever <laughs> had. Like I was like, wait, that started in September? What? Like it's... It's crazy. How did you feel like your expectations met with the reality, or and by reality, I mean reality TV, like knowing what we knew about Jen's arrest mm-hmm. and it happening on camera adjacent? How do you feel like it, it panned out now that we have the benefit of having seen it all? That's such a good question. I don't want to say disappointed, but just... You. Not what I expected. It's so funny. I think even thinking back to last time I was here, um, we were just so excited for like that sprinter van moment and feeling yes. like, gosh, there's so many episodes before this. It feels kind of lagged. Like, who's Angie? All this stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think had I known then that we also would have spent like seven episodes on Meredith's dad's memorial and whether or not that happened, oh. I would have been even more frustrated. But I do think that it was... Salt Lake City so interesting to me because I do think it is... It feels like the pieces are all there. And I said Mm -hmm. this last time, it just never really felt like they were a cohesive group to me. Like, it felt like on paper, like, all of them are solid. But it felt like all of them were doing five million different things at the same time. Mm -hmm. uh, And no energy was going towards, like you said, Jen. Like, it's it's been really interesting that, like, a season that we were expecting to be all about her kind of really wasn't that much about her at all. Um, And I don't know if that says more about the women or about what we expect from these things now mm-hmm. you know if we think about our housewives in hot water be it in erica or even a Teresa back then you know what i mean like what we expect to see it certainly wasn't that mm-hmm. um and i do think it's gonna be interesting moving forward there's lots of um <laughs> uh with the casting there's lots of open space now and so i think it's definitely going to transform into something else um but yeah even the reunion i mean was a little it just the whole thing felt kind of draining by the end i mean it on the one hand, like, there were some pretty iconic moments. I think mm-hmm. the trips, the Lisa Barlow moment, like, those were great. Um, but they felt singular and not, like, I didn't leave feeling like season two of Royal Housewives of Salt mm-hmm. Lake City is a season I'm always going to go back to. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? It totally does. And when it comes to the reunion, how much of the reunion's slightly hit or miss kind of vibe do you contribute to Mary's absence, if at all? Or do you think it was just, like, because the season was sort of confusing, ostensibly the reunion would be as well? Oh, gosh, that's so good. I think even if Mary was there, I think we would have... We, we only have the first season reunion to compare it to, right? right. And I think we would have had some funnier moments, some moments that were odd, like the moments that we're used to Mary giving us. But I still think there would have been that weird... Not a suspension of disbelief, just that weird thing we all had to do in our heads with knowing the Jenny stuff after. With that, I think it still would have been weird. I think... Again, the I always find, and I felt this way in the first season, um, and I've been saying this a lot like to my friends and stuff, and I, I mean this as a compliment. I think what I like about the Salt Lake City reunions is that we almost see completely different shades of these women than we do during the, the show, yeah. I feel. Yeah. Specifically with uh, Bad Weather, I mm-hmm. think, and I think with Heather, and again, I mean this as a compliment. I love when you say I mean this as a, because when anyone, whenever anyone says that, what they're saying is, please don't take it personally when I absolutely right. say something that is not a compliment. Right, but I think that she's kind of mean. And I think I kind of love seeing it because yeah. I think mean is can be a great uh it could be a great 
uh, type of housewife. You know what I mean? I, I Even like Heather Dubrow, let's say, like has shades of that. You could say mm-hmm. that she's mean or like talks down. But I think that like we really see moments specifically with Lisa and Heather where like while Lisa is ridiculous, like Heather says stuff that like really does cut and bite. Oh, I wish I had exactly what she said about the uh, teen magazine, like that how she's just a caricature of a teen magazine mm. quiz, which was so funny but also I was like gosh that's so specific and kind of mean but I find those moments almost more interesting than I think what we see on the show um but yeah I I don't think I think going into this there were five million different things that we were expecting we were expecting like an Andy Jen like we saw with Andy and Erica Right. right like all these questions and we were expecting to see you know I feel like what we did get the most interesting part is Meredith and Lisa where they move on from here I don't think any of us were expecting that to be kind of where the season went mm. um and i think those moments whenever they could oh, can we also talk really quick not to make a side moment <laughs> since when were there this many breaks in reunions i feel like the salt lake city one it's always like okay we're gonna go to commercial we're gonna pee and i feel like <laughs> i'm sure they were always there but especially the miami one it was like every five minutes they were going to break and i was like if we don't need to see every break it's kind of nice you know <laughs> if it just feels a little consecutive um but yeah, anyway, that was a long ways to say that the reunion was, it was okay. And I don't think that it was just Mary not being there or just the Jenny stuff. I think it was just, I think Salt Lake City is a B. I think it's a B. And I'm going to, I'm going to stand and say that and say that firmly and proudly. Do you think it was always a B? It just so happens that they just honestly came out of the gate and like that for, I remember the first episode, like, like it was yesterday because it was literally in the last year, but I mean, it was so, I thought it was spectacular. And Absolutely. Maybe it set expectations too high. I think, I, I do believe it always has been a B, but I think it it was time and place. We were so mm. hungry. When was the last time we had a new show? It was Super Dallas new. and Potomac. It was mm-hmm. so long. It was the middle of the pandemic. The fact mm-hmm. that they were able to wrap right before the pandemic, like we had an actual, what felt like a normal season. It was Wild. all new women. It felt great. And then the second the reunion aired and finished, then the Jen indictment happened. So it felt like there was so much momentum. And I'm, I'm not taking away from, I still think Salt Lake City is better than some of the worst seasons of Housewives we've had. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it's, um, I don't, I think it's a B and a B's not bad. Listen, we've had some C's and D's. Oh my um, God. Some F's, some incompletes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, with Jen, how do you think, were you surprised at all by how she um, handled herself during the reunion? How do you think she came out of it, noting that one would assume her legal counsel advised her back in the day mm-hmm. to no longer continue filming the show? How do you think that she came out of the season and reunion? Well, I think that's all the chatter we're kind of seeing online, right? Is that everyone's like peeking around the corner like, I kind of love Jen. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> They're kind of scared. Like, wait, she's so likable. And I think that there's something to be said about that. I mm-hmm. think clearly not everyone can do that. And I think that I think moving forward, <laughs> I mean, regardless of what happens on the show, whatever happens for her legally is going to happen. Right. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. I think it did, uh, for me, I, I can't imagine the show moving on without her. I think she was kind of the voice of reason in the edit, like all mm-hmm. of her interviews. She always had like kind of a global view of what was going on. Um, and I think, I will say one thing, I don't think Lisa or any of them expected, when Meredith came into the reunion and they mended things really quickly, <sighs> the whole game board changed. And you could tell by Lisa's reaction. Um, And I think that, in turn, was like both, it ensured both Meredith and Jen's path forward. And it was an interesting shift of dynamics. That's one thing I will say. Um, And I think it was a good play by Meredith. Because it did isolate Lisa even more. 
I mean, when I think of Meredith's follow-ups and Andy's like absolute obsession with them, where she was like, um, let's take a moment. You know, like I have one question for you. And she just asked this like very almost like Southern drawl, but she's from Chicago. Chicago. And then she's like, I just have one question because we have all forgotten myself absolutely included that she is in fact a lawyer. Right. <laughs> when she said that, I was like, wait, is she? And I Googled it. I was like, oh my God, I think she went to Northwestern. I'm like, mm-hmm. holy shit, I completely mm-hmm. forgot. Um, but the way that she framed things, it was very apparent and much better handled, I would say, than bedwetter in the sense of like, I just want to be pretty obvious, but just honestly very specific mm-hmm. in making you confirm or in asking you in declaring for you to confirm these things because in three hours, <laughs> when we get to that point, I'm going to want to have all of this right. already on the table. Right. Which was very smart and very, very strategic. Very strategic. I thought it was very smart and concise in a way, like you said, that uh, <laughs> Andy being like tickled by it was really interesting. And I think, you know, I think there's something to be said about these lawyers who are housewives. Like, uh, mm. like Jackie Goldschneider comes to mind. Emily. Yes. You know what I mean? I think there is a way in how they strategically lay out things and are just able to like orate in that way that's it's really interesting because it's really effective for the audience and effective i imagine again i don't know much about the editing process it felt like it was effective in making the show because it was so clear and then they would go right to the flashback and it would go right to those moments that like you said i even forgot about them i was like oh wait you're right meredith at least is back for like those first 10 episodes what what was it that made lisa feel like meredith didn't have her back outside of being friends with mary um and also from the perspective of just having a housewife attorney, it's so interesting in the sense that like Meredith Marks, I honestly just instinctively think of the jewelry. Mm-hmm. Jackie Goldschneider came in and was like, I'm a parenting writer. Right. And then Emily <laughs> said, I'm a lawyer and party planner. Yes. And so there's a certain element like the Emily thing was always an LOL because I was like, that make that make sense to me. But like the Jackie <laughs> thing, I'm like, OK, I get it in the reunions, like the ways that you're responding back to Teresa and you're very quick. You're able to like mm-hmm. frame an argument in a certain way, which may or may not help you in an environment in which others may not be kind of like attuned to that kind of discourse. But Meredith, uh, yeah, Meredith came into that reunion in such a way that I was like reminded she had to remind me of it. Mm-hmm. The fact that she has that kind of history and education and background, which you would think would be incredibly helpful with like narrative framing when it comes to the reunions. Yeah. Um, did you see that? Do you see that coming out with any of the women like during the seasons themselves? I don't know why I'm thinking of the reunion specifically, but. Do I see what? Like, like the, the element of like the legal eagle of it all. Yeah. Like with those three in particular and also Ebony, by the way. Yeah, I think absolutely. I think, um, you know what moment? in Jersey recently it was like a couple weeks ago at that big shore Mm -hmm. showdown it was that moment where and I'm sure we'll get into it but with the Jen and Jackie's comment and how she said about Bill and what he did and how he should have stuck it in someone else and when Jen was like you said this and she was like right because he did and it was Mm. so not like there were it was just so specific and right to the point of it like to clear out the BS of like what was going on and who said what it was like no I said that because that is what he did and it had nothing to do with like gossiping or shit talking it was like that's you know and I Mm -hmm. think that was kind of a moment like that and I think it's really again I think at the end of the day what I always keep going back to is that like it it has to make sense to the audience and I don't think necessarily every housewife thinks about that you know but Mm -hmm. I think what's interesting is that I think when you do have these housewives who are attorneys they 
know how to make a good argument. And mm-hmm. if the audience can understand that, then I think they're just more likely to kind of be on your side. Mm. And I mean, switching gears. Oh, actually, you know what? I had one more question mm-hmm. for you about Salt Lake City. Oh, please, please. Because I got into this conversation uh, with Lauren Ashley Smith on The Last Andy's Girls. And I have been thinking about it sort of on a loop since. Mm-hmm. The question of like, what does Coach Shaw believe? Because he has said during the season that it's sort of a little bit of a federal conspiracy. Mm-hmm. He was pretty... He was very supportive on the reunion and the, like, we're fighting this, yada, yada, definitely echoing what she had said. He himself is an attorney. He himself has likely read some of these legal documents Mm -hmm. and understands the gravity of the situation by the time these charges came to Jen, the number of people Mm -hmm. that, you know, went through the process prior building to this point. Um, In watching the reunion and the season itself – how do you feel about Coach Shaw's reaction to all of this? Like, do you think he really believes that she's innocent? Which is such an unfair question, but I can't stop thinking no, about no, it. No, no, no. It's a great question. And I think that was, I think for a lot of us going into this season, especially with the Coach Shaw we met in season one, yeah. we were so anxious to know how he would react mm-hmm. in the moment if he'd stick by her, all of these things. I think we're never really going to know, of course. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a decision. You know what I mean? Um that's a decision between them as partners mm-hmm. and how they kind of want to go about this. But I think it's strategic that like w- whether or not he thinks she's innocent or not, we won't know, but it is effectively sticking by her now. Um, which again, it's a lot. I keep having to bring myself back to the fact that like this really is happening and like this doesn't just happen to anyone. You know what I mean? And I think there's like, you know, real victims in this and everything. Um, but I do think that he is, sticking by her and i think that separately that is probably a testament to their relationship that's all i got (laughs) it's just so wild that at the beginning of the season they're like yeah we've really been through our relationship and really gone through it but but now we're like approaching a solid space and we all know okay well and listen who knows i think there's a fraying though right i mean we saw Teresa stick by joe Mm -hmm. who for all intents and purposes did a lot to her Mm -hmm. and to the family stick by him long after they went away to camp, long after the deportation and everything, and it it frayed until there was kind of nothing there anymore. So also I mm. think that there's a natural process for things too. Um and maybe there is a there's a natural response for when shit hits the fan to cling closer, mm-hmm, you know? Mm-hmm. Um and they have a family, you know, they have kids. I don't I don't I don't know. It's it's messy. <laughs> it's messy and it's also like not going away obviously anytime soon because the reality is that we're building towards something here. Mm-hmm. She's said repeatedly and passionately that she's going to trial. She wants to d- defend herself. She has obviously every right to, quite mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. But and there's merch now. There's, there's, there's merch so now. There's like the cutest little bomber, but it's a lot of money. I, I don't know. I think. Yeah, it's really interesting. It's it's going to be really interesting to watch play out. I do feel tapped out, though. I do feel like I need a break. I'm excited that it seems like online, like they're filming and they're making good content. That's great. I feel like I've had my fill, though, and I'm excited. Mm. I'm excited to miss them. I'm excited to miss what's going on and everything because I do think, well, it's been great. And I've, again, still enjoyed this season of Housewives mm-hmm. of Salt Lake City more than a lot of seasons of other Housewives. But I'm excited to miss them. I, I feel that way with most groups, too. Like, you know, like. By the end, you're like, okay, I'm, I'm excited to miss you a little bit. 
I also have to say, for whatever reason, yesterday I just started watching the season eight reunion for New York because I don't know. Talk what, about miss them. I know. I was like, something happened or something, and I'm like, you know what? I feel like the season eight reunion in New York, and mm-hmm. I watched parts one through three, and was just that's a great reunion. It's a great reunion. Everybody was at the top of their game. It was mm-hmm. so nice to see like Dorinda and Tinsley getting mm-hmm. along. Mm-hmm. There's like a little bit, you know, you're leading into a little bit of a gray area with Bethany and Carol. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's a lot happening there. Bethany and Jason stuff comes up. It's just when you think about missing them, I don't know if it's because we both live in New York or what, but I I, I look forward to missing New York. I don't think I'm there yet, though. Right. Well, we talk about we went through the tra- it was trauma. I think was we've trauma. all had with New York. It and was I think trauma. I personally, I think we are in this phase now where clearly they are taking a beat. Mm-hmm. When the show isn't working, they're taking a break. There's plenty of other shows they can have on. Mm-hmm. They're reworking and they're coming out. I say take as long as you need because I think we're seeing this now with a lot of shows, these like kind of soft reboots. Mm-hmm. I'm super pumped for Atlanta. I know it's it's been yes. a minute and it's crazy to think that Atlanta, which is the highest rated show, that they would take a break like that. But mm-hmm. I think... Even after the last season of Atlanta, we were all like, okay, this is just not the Atlanta we love. You know, we need a, a shift and a change. So I'm super excited about that. And I feel the same about New York. I think it's going to be a minute. But if they're going to come back, um, it has to be it has to be watchable. <laughs> it does. I mean, and Ebony gave an interview this week to Page Six. I saw that. Where she talked about the fact that she believes that Ramona should stay on the show. Mm-hmm sort of connected to her belief that she should stay on the show. So essentially, you know, two different political ideologies or personalities right. both deserve to, you know, have a voice mm-hmm. and have a spot on um, on the franchise, which I thought was very interesting when it comes to, like, strategy, I would say, mm-hmm. as they haven't confirmed anything for the casting. Um if you read that, which it sounds like you did, mm-hmm. what was your reaction to it? It was interesting. I mean, we've seen a lot of Emily this week, too. She was on Watch What Happens Live with Shannon, yes. which was a great episode, I think, actually. Um, and it, you, you couldn't help but wonder, like, what does this mean about her standing, yeah. you know? And then she also hosted The View on Friday because mm-hmm. um, she's on that new show. Oh, God, the name's escaping me. I it's like the name Survivor it. it's with be really good. Beyond the Edge. Yes, it's supposed to be really good, and they, like, compete for charity, and I haven't watched it yet, but I will. Yes, and I think... I think first and foremost, it's very rare where there's a housewife after one season, regardless of the standing of the show, where I don't think they should at least come back for a second just to see. And mm-hmm. I, I do feel that way with Ebony. And I feel also I there were so many other things going into that season. Like Roni already was like kind of going down way yeah. before Ebony got there. 100%. And I refuse to only blame her on 100%. that. Um, and there's just been a lot of noise. It feels like the dust has settled a little bit. Remember, there were all these reports about internal investigations mm-hmm. and all this stuff. It's, it really was a lot. And then I think on the heels of that season to go right into Ultimate Girls Trip, which did not help Ramona in any way, um, it was a lot. That being said, I think it is really interesting because it's not what people were expecting her to say, I'm sure. Um, and thus, look, we're, we're talking about it and people mm-hmm. were talking about it. So I think it was a very smart move. I, I, don't, I don't think... For me, when I think about Roni, the clear path forward, I, I don't think there's a clear path. I do think, for me, mm-hmm. as much as I love them, I think one of like the core three who are there right now needs to go. Or, which would be Ramona, Sonia Liu. Mm. Or maybe demoted or something. But I just think like you do have to shake it up 
and make room for new. Mm. You, you just have to. And I, I think the show may be different. It may evolve into something different than what we're used to, but like they have to, I felt like last season it was trying to be two shows at the same time and it just didn't work. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I, I firmly want her to have another season just because again, I don't think, I'm trying to think of a, a one season. Maybe Peggy Not Sulahian. Um, oh my God, really? No, I'm saying maybe she was one who I was like, one season was enough. Oh, okay, great. Yeah. I, I, um, no, 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 no. <laughs> really? With that car? That's all I can think about is that fucking like, car. I feel like she saw all we could have seen. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But I'm, I'm yeah, I'm trying like to think Claudia of Like Claudia Jordan, I think, deserved to have a second season. Yes, she absolutely. had a great first season. Oh, my God. Claudia's was great. Her. I always think of her. I think, and it's always like, you know, you still have to get used to and adjust. Like, I'm trying to think of housewives who have really... There's so many housewives who have blossomed in that second season, who yeah. have really grown, and, and then there are some who haven't. But at least they had that Portia. chance. Yeah. Oh, are you kidding? Absolutely. She, and she almost, Andy has said this, that she wasn't going to be likely asked back until her performance at the, at the reunion. And he was like, all right, here we go. Right. And she's become certainly one of the most successful um, yeah. housewives that we've ever had. Ever. I mean, and impactful. Cover of New York Times. I mean, she literally has been everywhere. So mm-hmm. I think, yeah, I ne- and I think Ebony, too, I think... Of all the seasons to not bring, and then also to be frank, like firing your first black housewife on a show, um, I just don't think it would be worth that either. Um, but we'll see. We'll. I, but again, I, I'm all about taking the beat, taking the pause, because again, um, even Orange County right now, I don't think it's perfect. I think it's infinitely better mm. than where we were at. Mm-hmm. Um, and they needed to take time to do that. And, you know, I never follow which production companies are responsible for what. Like, I really, truly, it's one of those things that's like, it falls into like the black hole in my yeah. brain of like, there's information here somewhere. But yeah. also, look, it's Mars. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't totally remember. But I have to say that, you know, I think I was like pretty pessimistic about the future of New York just because this past season I thought was like one of the worst of any mm-hmm. franchises. <laughs> it was just really bad. Um, real, real tough stuff. Um, rough, tough stuff. But... You know, I think about Orange County right now, which I have to tell you, I'm enjoying. It's light. The stakes are, to me, pretty low. Yeah. I, I love that. Me I too. love low stakes, dumb arguments yes. um, and money. She said that you're jealous of my friendship with her. I mean, it's it's kind of what we all came here for originally, right? Yeah. You said that I don't have any friends and it's <laughs> the worst thing a person could ever say to someone. Meanwhile, Kelly Dodd. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's just yes. iconic. It's iconic narrative, passive aggressive fighting. That's sort of almost more similar or comparable to like something you would expect on Beverly Hills than Absolutely. Orange County, where we're in the land of Vicky and Tamra and mm-hmm. screaming and mm-hmm. running and this kind of stuff. I, I, I find the energy refreshing. And I just think about like, look, they were able to reboot Orange County in a way that I didn't think was possible. I was wrong. Yeah. Miami. I was nervous about it because without Leah Black, I just, I love Leah. Right. And it, as close to a perfect season as a person could look for. And now I think of New York and I'm like, honestly, I think they're going to figure it out. If whatever they do, like I don't, I feel like I don't have a, um, what's it called? Oh, whatever in the fight. Like I don't, I no longer care. Right. My opinion has changed in the sense that I feel like I no longer have a strong opinion about what they should do in New York. Mm -hmm. I just think that like, if they were able to figure out Orange County and they were able to figure out Miami, which is a huge undertaking, 
I just think like New York, they're going to figure, I really think that they're going to figure it out. I have no idea what it should be. I just think that they're going to figure it out. I couldn't agree more. And I think, you know, I think the fact, we should take it as a good sign that we Mm. still don't know anything. I think it should be a good sign that they're taking this much time. I think a lot of times we get frustrated and we're like, gosh, like, I feel like they don't listen to the fans or whatever. But I think, I still think we should have had a reunion. But of course, (laughs) outside of all that. And it would have been terrible and we would have been upset, but it would have happened. It would have happened. But I do think, yeah, I think think it's a good thing. And I think we have, listen, we have plenty on our plate right now that they can take a beat. Right. You know? And then I'm, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic about it. And I think, again, the break is, we all need breaks sometimes. And Orange County is a perfect example. And again, I don't think it's, is it back to like maybe the best seasons of Orange County? No, but I think it was such a great course correct in just yes. like taking a beat for a second and reworking. And it, like you said, the stakes are low and it's yeah. just like the oranges are fresh. Nobody's fighting fake cancer. Like if we think of some of the iconic, crazy, wild, like eight through 10 or eight through 11 for yes. OC, like I don't need anyone to tell me that they have a Band-Aid over their cancer yes. right now. Like as crazy, as wild and as fascinating as that storytelling was, I honestly am in a place spiritually where, like, I feel very satiated. Right. Well, let me ask you, because I'm sure that that just sparked something in my brain. I think we as an audience are also different. And mm. I think we have to recognize that, too. And I don't think we realize that, like, the shows, you know, do have to change and fluctuate with, like, what we're kind of hungry for. Mm-hmm. And I think, especially in the pandemic, where we are now, even, like, there is a a lot of people are looking for, like, comfort. Yeah. And there is comfort, though. I will say, like, the last season of Beverly Hills was so fascinating and musty TV and there was comfort in like that true crime thing mm-hmm. but there also it also was a solid group of people who yeah. had stakes with each other and 100%. that is what I think is exciting about Orange County for me for the future is that it still feels like oh these people are really friends with each other but it feels like you have to build that stay with people and then then like you know seasons down the line like a season the Brooks Cancer season wouldn't have had that much weight had we not had these history this right. history with these people so that when Heather was like yeah, Vicky, you called me in the middle of the night so that Terry could give an <laughs> Brooks IV an IV. But then you actually are like, oh, no, like, I'm sure Vicky would call. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, those are I think we see that with Jersey now. It's been the same cast for four years, four, I think. Yeah. And it's the stakes are, you know, they really do hang out with each other. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like that before. You know, they didn't know Jen did, or Jackie didn't really wasn't that close with maybe Melissa and Margaret as she mm-hmm. is now. But like mm-hmm. the stakes are really there. So like when Jackie extends an olive branch to Jen. We as an audience feel it. And we also know that, like, regardless of whether or not you think they're friends or not in real life, they've worked with each other and known each other for four years. There's a history mm-hmm. there. Um, and I think that that should be first and foremost most important so that then we can get seasons that actually mean something. If it's maybe, oh, my gosh, circling back to Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. maybe that's why. Maybe we just don't feel enough history there with Jen. So when they ask her questions, maybe we don't – you know what I mean? Like, we just don't care. That's what I found, you know, even – Whitney and Heather asking, or Whitney a lot, asking Meredith so much about it. It was kind of like, but do you really care? You know? And maybe that's maybe that's it, too. Yeah, and also when you think of the history of Jen, like Jen and Heather's relationship seem to be a pretty significant one. So if you find out that your close friend of X number of years is being accused by the federal government of doing all these things, right. wouldn't you have 
questions like is this like One the new doubt like wouldn't you who's oh like the <laughs> Jerry Jones that would be situation. such a good we need a doubt poster we need a doubt with poster. the two of them I'm dead I so reality guy if you're listening right I'm literally get into his dms <laughs> immediately following this and make a special request um but there is that element of like listen we want to have stakes we want to have a history of a relationship we want it to make sense within the narrative so right. that when these like crazy essentially shooting star moments happen that hopefully don't happen consistently even though the timing of this is wild with this immediately after tom Girardi. but mm-hmm. you know the hope is that that plays into the storytelling that we're watching happen like you would think that during casting two people being good friends for a number of years would matter right and this is one of those times where it's like, okay, I see it in the sense of you saying, I'm going to ride with you to the end regardless. Like that, then it it sort of makes sense. It sort of right. makes sense in the context of like, I don't want to hear anymore because I have been your friend for so many years and I just can only focus on that maybe for my own self-protection. But mm-hmm. there should be a little bit of, it's surprising to me that there wasn't, but yeah. um, I think maybe maybe next season if they're following a trial i know it'll be there'll be more of it right and again it can't just all be about that either you know and i think like i was just saying with oc and even beverly hills again like i think we forget because especially the back half was so filled with erica i found crystal's addition the sutton crystal of it all Mm. the garcelle and renna of it all Mm -hmm. even kyle and garcelle's conversation the addition of kathy like the dynamics were there i i genuinely do think even if without that stuff it just the cast felt settled in a different way i think garcelle and sutton have really shaken up that group i think the crystal and sutton thing was one of the most fascinating oh my god little feuds we've had in in years because it felt like classic again classic housewives but also just two women who were felt to each other fundamentally different and just could not connect um at that time and i think it just again i think the pieces kind of have to be there too yeah and i wonder you know we're bouncing around here which i'm obsessed with now i'm like super into it (laughs) i do want to get your thoughts on something because i don't think i've like fully processed this and i actually feel a little bit confused as to like how i feel but how are you reacting to this whole dynamic with emily and Gina and mm-hmm. Shannon mm-hmm. and Dubrow. Like in the sense of like, there seems to be stuff that happens in the moment that seems fine. And then a reporting, an encapsulation of the stuff that's like a slightly different narrative. Mm-hmm. And then a reaction mm-hmm. that becomes somewhat explosive. And there's, it's almost like it's at like a housewives factory of like this right. person does this and then this person adds something and then this goes in and then whatever. And then look, it's a lollipop. Like it's, yes. it, it's sort of, it's sort of all makes sense, but it's also incredibly, it's a, it's a little confusing to me in yeah. terms of like, what do people well, I really think, think? I think it's, I think you're right in that like the, all the moments make sense and we've seen this all the time. It's like this happens, someone reports it slightly, the game of telephone and then it comes back and it's explosive. I think, there's a signature to a housewife, and I think some of them, like like Dr. Jen or um, Noella, too, are still kind of new, newer at this, you know? And I think Emily and Gina, um, <laughs> how do I say this? I think they have had, like, the longest set of training wheels than any other housewives. Oh, my God. And I say that with – I say that saying that this season, I feel like it almost feels like they're second. And then I'm like, whoa, like, it feels like they really have, like, birthed into – 
of this mm-hmm. new era and they both are like have been there for four years but I do remember for like three years being like I like Emily and Gina but like so weird that like they've been on as long as Dorinda like you know what I mean just being like wow. when you compare to other you're like wow or even like so I think in that sense um yeah I, listen it is classic OC like you, even you just saying that maybe think of you know Tamra telling Shannon that the DeBros said they wanted to take them take mm. the doors down and that's not what they said but they kind of said it and led to, led to this explosive thing but it just I think Tamra again was just uh, she's one of the greatest she's one just someone who just did that seamlessly and kind of effortlessly so I'm going I have some grace with them again I don't think the season of OC is perfect by any means I think one person coming back can't um save a show like listen even like Bethany coming back absolutely brought so much new life into Roni, but also we had Dorinda. Like, so I think we also can't forget that, like, Mm -hmm. you know, so, and I think Heather coming back was so needed and really helped, but I don't think one, I I will always say this, I don't think one housewife makes a show. Um, And so I think it's really on the right track, but I think one of the things that I wish, just like, it just like smooths around the edges a little bit. Just like how the the sequence of events is a little, it's like you're kind of (laughs) like jolted into them. A hundred percent. And if you were Shannon, how would you react to this? To like the hearing that these women, I don't even know. I don't know about you. You're, You're a big Bedore fan. Um, you know, I do stand for Shan. She right. is my queen. Um, right. Her birthday is the day before mine. My, I yes. do share mine with Vicky, but I pretend that I share it with <laughs> Shannon Bador. Uh I do love her. I love yeah. her. No, listen, I think Shannon is, she was one of the, so I first started watching, I probably said this on one time no, I was please. on here, but I first started like actually watching In Sequence Housewives 2016. So that mm. was, I think, season 12. That was like Kelly Dodd's first season. Mm. But like I first started watching, it was like season seven of Jersey. So Teresa just came back and that season was airing. Um, but I always have had, such an affinity for Shannon and I think that she's so she's one of those housewives that it's like she there's no one like her mm-hmm. it feels like and like she's just Shannon Bedore you know what I mean but I think going into this season after last season I felt some Shannon fatigue a little bit like I was mm-hmm. kind of and I think people were saying like oh my gosh like Heather's coming back Heather and Shannon we can't wait type of thing I think Shannon is having one of the best edits she's ever had or just one of the best performances I think on a housewife season mm-hmm. and I think it is because it's hard for the audience to see. I don't see her that jealous. You know what I mean? They're saying you're jealous. But I think, and she was saying this at Watch What Happens Live when they played that really fun game about like, are you jealous of this? And she was like, of course I'm jealous of Heather's like towel warmer. You know what I mean? Like, of course I'm jealous of this, but like, no, I'm not jealous. You know? And right. I think, I think maybe going into this, maybe Emily and Gina and maybe even more specifically Gina, um, you know, were like, Shannon seems like a great, person to be in a show with because if you just poke a little you know the reaction you're gonna get absolutely and I think we just see it looks like transparently like they're poking as opposed to there being real things like earlier in this season I think that was a real thing with Nicole James that just so Mm. happened to come up Mm -hmm. and that was a moment where you're like gosh this is so like oh man this sucks because like Shannon kind of can't get out of her own way Mm -hmm. but also it's so specific and Gina did bring it up you know but Mm -hmm. now I feel like it's not as muddy now it really does feel like they're just kind of still poking at her. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm interested in where they move in the future. I would love to see kind of like how we got last time. I'd like to see Heather and Shannon grow a little bit closer because I don't think, I think what we like when they're, I think they're never going to be 100% and they'll always kind of have those moments of bickering. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't need them. I don't need like a proper Heather versus Shannon. You know, I think we've had that. 
Yeah, and I mean, when Heather starts saying, I'm going to threaten you financially <laughs> if you do your job on the show, I get nervous for Shan because we know she can't afford it. And you will lose much more my, than my God, friendship. I mean, <laughs> like you're going to lose the house that we know you're renting. Like just leave poor little Shannon alone. I know. I know. a cocktail or like seven or maybe nine and they're or- all lemon martinis. <laughs> and then just shit just starts. She just starts talking. I know. She and can't help it. I Again, I think that this, I think for me as a viewer, I feel like this has secured even more years for Shannon. I think Shannon has just had such a great, her, her home stuff is fun. I think. I think how she's navigating stuff with Noelle is really interesting. I think mm. it's almost helping with that, too. Because, you know, it doesn't seem like a lot of the rest of the women are really messing with her, which it's been a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's certainly been entertaining, you know. And I think I think all of – even the home stuff. Maybe that's another thing with Orange County. I think, like, Heather's family life is so lovely to watch. Like, yeah, it's just it been so great to really just, like, see the DeBros as a family and her as a mom. And even Dr. Jen, there's lots of stuff going on at home. Like, it just feels, like, really – well balanced in that way there's mm. stuff going on at home and they come together as a group and there's like this gossipy stuff but yeah it feels like it feels a little old school which i think we kind of need and the thing with dr jen and here i am using the phrase i don't mean this as an insult but it feels a little <laughs> bit like you know there's a moment where dr jen and shan both bonded over the fact that they both used what was her name like bettina or yes. tabitha or tina mm-hmm. um apologies to yeah. the Ooh, woman behind the graveyard marriage therapy which maybe isn't the worst idea but um you know there's a moment where they're bonding over the fact that they've both been to this person and and sought counseling or, or however you would describe it um in that way support in that way and i just wonder a little bit with dr jen like what she's really looking for here because i think if you ask shannon now about the state of affairs with her marriage to David, she would understand and be pretty honest and connected to the fact that like it really hadn't been good for a long time, but she was, and so she was fighting to keep an idea more than like maybe a reality that they had had or a reality that they hadn't had for a number of years. And with Dr. Jen, it's like, why are we fighting for something that I don't know that you've, or that you haven't told us you've ever experienced with your husband. Like, what are we fighting for? It just seems like you are both very different people who experience life and also seemingly love in ways that don't benefit each other or yourselves. So, like, we're supposed to care about their relationships staying together, even though we truly don't know these people. But also, like, the stakes seem low to me because... It seems somewhat apparent that, like, maybe this isn't great. Right. I don't know. Well, it seems like these... Oh, gosh, who was... I feel like maybe Tamara has said this before. Like, I I think Mm. there's some... I think if the, you know, if there's already frays in the relationship, if it's already not good, it feels like the TV process just expedites that. Like, it just makes things come out even faster. Yeah. We've seen it time and time again. We talk about, like, the housewives curse and the vow renewals Mm. and all that stuff. We've seen it constantly. And I think... This is just, <laughs> this is one of the biggest examples, though, where, like, off the bat, you're kind of like, hmm. <laughs> and it's it's making for interesting TV, but it's certainly. Um, is it? <laughs> but, like, for real, it is be a it? A bit more engaging. I think, listen, it's not the most, um, you know what I was thinking of a little bit? Like, Drusadora last season. Like, that was maybe a oh. bit more, like, where we were like, whoa. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. What is going on yeah. in the first episode? So I certainly think it could be a bit more engaging. But I do think that. It's still bringing something. Mm. 
And I think we're in a, a lot of talk online when people are like, they have a storyline. They don't have a storyline mm. in this stuff. And I, I don't necessarily agree with that. But I, I will say that, like, regardless, like, they were able to find women who were, like, being open about their lives and mm-hmm. really opening up. And I think that, you know, that's going to be more interesting for some than others. But it's still um, it's still fun. I, I find the stuff that's happening with them interesting to talk about then within the group. You know what I mean? Seeing, like, mm-hmm. Heather and, at the seven-year stitch rap party being like what is going like there's weird stuff going on with them like she said she was going to move out or stay or whatever like and then that informs us as the audience you know because we know what heather's been through we know what Mm -hmm. gina has been through you know so i think ultimately it's still helping the group and helping them connect but is it the most riveting uh troubled marriage story in the housewives now (laughs) not by a mile and also how do you factor in the shane accord which is like a sense that after several years someone who you felt maybe a certain way about probably relatively negative their his first season you know appearing because of emily's first season turns out to be like isn't it you can never count out right and you can never count out these house husbands because i swear it goes up and down i always go back to like if we were to i don't think we would all think of pk the way we do now compared Mm, to his first season are you kidding this first season was like he had almost as much of an impact as Dorit did. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, you know, and negative. PK. Negative. Ve- very negative. Panty gate. Very. Panty gate. Very. Um, which, you know, there's lots to be said about how that all happened. But still, mm. it's like, I think it's really, you can never count them out. And I still don't. <laughs> I'm still like, listen, the stuff that Shane was saying. And still sometimes you're kind of mm. like, Ooh. But I think that there's a likability thing. Um, that comes in time. I'm sure being on camera for the first time doesn't help right. too when you're having these conversations at all. Yeah, and at it's all. it's sort of unfair for these guys who obviously understand that the family has signed up for this because right. your wife's job in many ways, partner's job, girlfriend's job, whomever, family member's job in many ways is to show her life, which means showing your life with her. Period. So there's that. Then there's also the discomfort. Then there's also maybe he, there's a little bit of social awkwardness that he has. You know, we're not here to like mm-hmm. diagnose anybody, but it does seem pretty apparent by what Jen has said that there's like a little bit of, I don't know if it's social awkwardness or anxiety or whatever, coupled with the fact that there are camera crews on you experiencing this. Right. And you're not someone who loves wearing shoes, you know? And now you're at the Dubrow's house. So, like, there Those is the all Nike of... socks. The right? Nike socks. It's a lot. It's a lot. But then there is also the idea that, like, we may not get the opportunity of knowing who you really are. Right. If this doesn't get past a first season, but then how much of the first season is connected to this awkwardness? It maybe isn't great at producing fantastic tv but does add a level of tension to the narrative for the season it's kind of this like vicious circle here i know and you you don't want to be the house husband who steps in it too much and gets too messy Mm. you don't want to not but i do think that we see so many different colors with so many people with the more years that they're on and i I can't (laughs) even with what i was saying before i think while i empathize and think Mm -hmm. it's got to be a lot i still do think though that like it it is a joint decision where like you have decided to also be on and with the you know the elephant in the room Mm -hmm. with the louis of it all like yeah he he did decide to also be on tv and also like that's where it's been kind of interesting for it to be like he didn't sign up for this he didn't sign up for this at all but even just starting a relationship with one of the biggest reality TV stars in the history of the format mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that is signing up for it. On top of the fact of just being on the show, you know? Um, 
it, that is, I think this is like a common thread we're kind of seeing with a lot of the husbands. Mm. And again, I think a good point made by Jackie and I think maybe Margaret too is just like, so did Evan sign up for it last year? You know, it's like kind of yeah. right there. Um, it's really interesting with the husbands. The husbands are, you know, <laughs> big players. With Louis specific to New Jersey, I'm so glad that you brought this up because it's such a good point. And also I sort of can't get enough of watching um, Teresa spiral in this sense. But like, how much of Louis do you think, like, how how badly does Louis want Teresa to defend him in the ways that, that she is? Because he seems to have a reaction to it, and yet I don't entirely know what his motivations are and right. how he responds to defends himself or goes on the offense. Like, how do you process that? Right, and that's that's a disconnect for me because I I don't know if it's... Because what we see is on camera him not wanting her to defend him that much. Right. And I think as a viewer, it almost makes it worse. Like, it's almost like her being like, stop, 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 don't talk about him, only makes you lean in and be like, well, why don't you want us to just even bring up his name? 100%. But I can't read if that is, if Louis saying that, but then behind closed doors, it's different. And it's like, you should defend me. Again, I think the one glimpse we had was that um, when she stopped the producer and then he called her and was really upset about going. But then when he got there, he was fine. Like, it could be very different behind closed doors. Um, but I think it's really interesting how, like, she's not even – you can't even say Louis. You can't even say look. And she's, like, <laughs> freaking out. <laughs> like, she's literally, like, really upset about it. And, again, it's, it's not that um, – it's just interestingly – interesting, again, comparatively – and this is Housewives, right? And I'm not saying mm. that anyone deserves this, but it's like last year, it was a rumor, mm-hmm. doing big air quotes, mm-hmm. and that like had the potential to really hurt Jackie and whatever, but it was the same thing, I think, from a lot of people being like, but this is Housewives, this happens, yada, yada, X, Y, and Z. This was not, I mean, we were all following. This isn't just a rumor. This was like published articles and ex-wives coming out and videos and stuff. <laughs> you could see and then um a housewife bringing that up and talking about it and then that being like you shouldn't do that i think there's like a warped sense of loyalty a little bit um and again i, I don't know how you feel like i i think margaret is getting so much heat right now but whenever you're kind of up against teresa you are but like i can't for the life of me think of times where margaret crossed teresa or lost her loyalty in the way that teresa feels like margaret has outside of being by proxy with jen Mm-hmm. because even going back during the summer, I did a little rewatch and like Margaret first got there. She like, she was really friends with Ziggy probably, but still she like lost her whole friendship with Ziggy kind of, and like really defended Teresa with Kim D. Didn't even know mm. Kim D. You know what I mean? And then, you know, the hair pull thing was, she told Danielle to do it and still Margaret forgave her and they were still able to be good friends. So mm-hmm. like, it's still hard for me to understand why, Teresa feels this way and it's been really interesting seeing her in a relationship again because I think we kind of forget um I don't know how you feel but I'll let you talk but the ways in which you talk to her and Margaret definitely rubbed me the wrong way wait in what sense um it was those com- when he was like oh when two he was ears being a one dick? mouth oh yeah I the did not love it Margaret like I'm not afraid yeah. of you type of thing yeah was a little um you know, I kind of got a little heated in my seat. I was like, don't talk to my girls that way. Please don't. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there's a difference between like when Simon Van Campen would like maybe yes. argue with the, with the cast and like maybe Jill and others were kind of aghast at someone mm. 
raising their voice. And I remember Alex said something, and I don't remember how I feel about it at the time, but I've thought about it, like the idea that like men should be allowed to fight with women. But there's a difference between that, like mm-hmm. having an argument mm-hmm. and what Louis is doing, which does feel like it's all against gendered lines, right. which seems very consistent for him in right. the idea that these women are crazy. This woman had a rumor about something. Mm-hmm. They're thirsty, even though mm-hmm. she a, stabbed her ex with a butcher knife. But like, it's a rumor, which goes to show you that rumors aren't true, except I never asked her about it because I continued a relationship with her. So like, truly, what does that say about me? But like the idea that he's going to push at like the worst kinds of stereotypes as a defensiveness, but he's also the guy who's like peace and love, emotional intelligence or whatever. Everybody write down their feelings on a piece of paper and then we'll burn it in a fire or whatever, like s'mores or whatever. Like just give me the chocolate and the marshmallow, sir. Like I don't necessarily know that I need that kind of stuff from you, but um, it is, it is a little, you know, it's sort of connect. I think the audience in many ways is connecting the dots regardless of whether or not Teresa is interested. But when you do so on behalf of someone who right. doesn't want to hear it, what are we doing it for? The benefit of the narrative of the show because we're a community, we talk about things or because we're hoping that it'll push through. She's telling us she doesn't want to hear it. Yeah. But also there should be a response. There should be a counter to somebody who seems to be misrepresenting his own history on camera. I think that's exactly that. And I think it's it's been a, such an interesting viewing experience, especially online. And I mm. think it's because obviously Teresa is beloved. Like, And I, I always say this, like she really was, she really was my entry point. Again, like I said, mm. I first watched it consecutively when she came back. But like, I obviously knew who Teresa was. And like, I want her to be so happy i think I we as an audience all do so i think it's kind of frustrating i think like there's there's not a lot of nuanced conversation going on where you can be like i really want the best for her i'm happy for her these do kind of seem like red flags that we would if any of the other house husbands if anything like that was again there was a rumor that we still haven't been able to find anything about about evan maybe at the gym with someone and we spent a whole season about it mm-hmm. and a lot of reaction to it from within the group and the viewing in the viewers rather was like well this is the show and you should get over it i mean Mm -hmm. i remember the first time i was here i think it was kind of during that season and i remember being like there's so much talk about like jackie's response and her crying and that making her weak and i just don't see that um and then that you know i i think there's a weird thing that happens where like i think a response is a response right and everyone Mm -hmm. has different responses and i don't think Teresa's response is to cry when stuff like that happens but that doesn't change the fact that like i do recognize that it is hurtful and hard but she's not even she's not even letting a conversation happen Mm -hmm. and assuming that things are happening when nothing had even happened yet like margaret didn't even ask him a question or anything (laughs) and she was saying don't don't answer her question it's really um and on the heels of girls trip where we saw the love letters every day Mm -hmm. it's just I mean, it's making for a good season. I'm not going to lie. But 100%. it's still. And then with the gen stuff, there's it's there's a lot going on and it's good. But I think it's going to be. I'm really interested to see how this. How we keep moving forward with this and, and the Louis of it all. Because I, I think he's going to be around for a while. Oy. Um, Do you think that Teresa would be as um, passionate about defending Jen as a person had Margaret not brought up the Louis stuff or been the person to represent the entirety of the rest of the cast's conversations about Louis? Right. It it really makes you think. I don't think so. I, I think mm. 
it seems like she's so upset with what Margaret even bringing that up at the party, mm-hmm. which again, I'm not here to say that like it wasn't messy or like a housewife thing to do. Absolutely. Like she brought that up, but at the same time it was true and yeah. it was something that Jen took. I mean, Margaret kind of had the bait and then Jen said it out loud. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think it's really, again, it's, it's so interesting. I think the editors are having so much fun. I feel like they ask her every episode. Do you see now how it's, the same as last year and she's mm-hmm. like no it's different it was a rumor so it didn't hurt but because this is true it actually hurts and it still doesn't make sense so i don't i don't think so and i again i and jen is someone too like i think i feel like with this whole situation this season like i don't think this is all happening in a vacuum i think like we've seen four seasons of jen mm-hmm. really coming at all of them repeatedly and i do think that like in a sense it's like She's kind of getting some stuff back at her when, like, for four years, she's been really... Again, you see it in every flashback. It was always, like, Marge Sr.'s a whore. You're mm-hmm. a whore. All this stuff. Um, but that being said, I still am, like, Jen is being so vulnerable, so open. Yeah. And, like, I still think this is one of the best seasons we've ever had from Jen. Um, and I'm still rooting for her. You know what I mean? Like, I still... I just don't... I don't like the this or that, you know? I'm just, like, I'm team. Let's make good TV. And I think those women do. Um, absolutely agree. Do you think that Jen regrets how she behaved previously now that this stuff that, you know, she had kind of buried deep inside is I think being discussed so. so publicly? So I think, you know, and then like the little Bravo Insider, there's like little clips. And I think this week there's like a big sit down with Marge and Jen. And I think they really break, from what I've seen, mm. really break new ground. And I think they get there. I think the thing with Jen, with a lot of housewives... Jen is, I feel like you get to a place and then in the rewatch online and on social media, it's like you take like 10 steps back. Mm -hmm. So it does seem like in the after show and on social media, she's kind of doubling down again with where she was at that point. Um, But I think, I I imagine that she, we already saw it a little bit at the, um, at Jackie's college party where Mm -hmm. she was like, listen, I was projecting a lot onto you. It clearly was something that really bothered me. And I think, um, I think, again, what Margaret was saying, and she said it a lot, it was more like, I'm no different than this man you love. Mm. I've done the same thing as that, as opposed to being, to just saying a rumor, or just saying something that happened and exposing an infidelity. And I, I think it's um, hard, but also, yeah, it's, it's hard. Yeah, and for Jen, it's like you're in this position where you're both offended by what you had been told that Jackie said about your husband, mm-hmm. but also being three times as bad when talking about Margaret, you know, in the beginning of her relationship with Joe. So it's kind of sort of understanding that, I don't know if you want to use the phrase like dichotomy or a little shade there of hypocrisy or just complication in how you characterize someone's behavior, but it also could be a breakthrough. Like this season could really be a breakthrough for Jen. I think that it could happen in the sense that she is now being forced to unpack digest and come to terms with mm-hmm. bill's infidelity and and the um damage that was done to her not even resulting from the infidelity itself which i'm sure was very damaging and upsetting but from the fact that she felt like she couldn't share it with people yes she felt like she had too much to lose like i think that there's some yeah and i feel like it could push her into a new I don't want to say like a new era, but it could like it could push her just into having a new way to 
understand herself that maybe she refused to before. And I wonder how that will affect her relationships with the other women if they're even open to knowing a new kind of Jen. Because she might have pushed too hard for them. Right. And I think think we kind of did see that. And that's the thing where I think, and again, I think Jen really is. I think all of them are great. I think Jen is really just such a good Real Housewife, Mm. period. But I do think that with her, we did see that. Again, with that history, knowing the past four years between Jen and Jackie, the fact that Jackie still, after all of that, like reached out and then opened up. But then you kind of saw the five steps back thing. Mm -hmm. And I don't just blame Jen. And I I love Delo. I love Dolores. But how she relayed the way Jackie Uh said that totally shifted anything. And then Jen just like switched like that. And it's kind of like disappointing because you understand why Jackie's then like, see, this was exactly, this is not what I wanted, but like you're showing me exactly who you are again, you know, which is frustrating. But I think that there there already is, there kind of is a path there. I think mm-hmm. there's like a natural path forward for all of them and their dynamics to kind of shift, to shift and change, hopefully. Because um, it has been kind of, the group has kind of been really solidly on two sides for a while. Mm-hmm. But now another thing that I like really quick, as you just made me think of that too, is, um, I always felt like online and on social media, it was so clear. And even in interviews, like it was so clear Margaret and Dolores were close. But then on the Mm. show, it felt like it was never. Yeah, it was never really clear. No, and I love that in this season now, it's really kind of like you just kind of can't ignore that anymore. Mm -hmm. Like they say all the time, they talk on the phone every day and all this stuff and like them shopping. And I feel like that has also shifted a lot in the group. And Mm -hmm. it's put Dolores in a tough place. But I think it's been... um, Again, it's made for really, really interesting dynamics because it is, you know, she's obviously childhood friends with Teresa, but she seems really close to Margaret, too. And I love that because I think for so long she was almost seen as like the Teresa translator. And it's nice to see her in her own spot. Although I have to say this whole David thing, I'm sorry. I think it is so fucked up that this man who is himself a renowned medical doctor can't pick up the phone and check in with his long-term significant girlfriend of five plus years or however long it was because he's pissed she broke things off with him because he couldn't commit like right what are we all pretending that this isn't super fuck and i get that like he has a good relationship with everybody else but that should and i'm sure she's okay with that and she understands how helpful he has been in some areas but i also think it's i don't know i i'm sure he's like I don't know. I don't I don't want to be like no, insensitive no, no. to his feelings, but I also think this is incredibly this it's woman's mother him. right and this she's making it about him by right. not even doing the thing of of reaching out to this woman that he loved that he it's obvious he still loves her right. just to check in with her. I I I just I hate the dance around the fact that there's something that's not right here even Mm -hmm. as i say like it's incredible how supportive he's been and that he's at these appointments and that he's you know speaking to them in layman's terms about what's going on medically i don't want to take that away because he's he's stepping up acknowledging that he's no longer in a relationship with her but also Mm -hmm. pick up the fucking phone dude right and just be like hey i you know i spent x amount of years with you in my life right every single day how are you doing are you okay like i'm here for like just seems like the human thing to do. And especially yeah. because of that was the, the terms of their, the end of their relationship was that the family's still going to be, cl- you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I could see if it was more like a, hey, I need a clean break. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be able to get over this. We can't really communicate in that way. But it doesn't seem like that's what it was. It seems like it was like, we're just moving, you know, it wasn't working and it's sad, but like, you know, we're still going to be close. We're still like, you guys can still talk to him and all this stuff. And that makes it 
it makes it really murky and really really complicated. He's really um and really been into attachment styles lately, but he is really textbook avoidant. Um, and I mm. think, but still, even in that, I think he should still you know just reach out. And also, yeah, and also the thing with like breaking up is that like you're not necessarily supposed to still have access to all of these people. Like, right? Isn't that one of the things of breaking up is that like you don't get to just remain a member of this family, even though you can still continue to have familial esque relationships with people, but it's not the same anymore. It didn't work. You did not give her. Because maybe you couldn't, you weren't able to, or you just didn't want to. And that's okay. He has every right. right to decide, I don't want this kind of life. But you don't want that kind of life with Dolores. It doesn't mean you can still remain in her family's life. Right. Like nothing has happened here. Right. But I think, I, I have to say, I think that it seems like it's for both of them, though. It feels like how Dolores is processing it, too. And it could mm. that could just say a lot about just her and how much she cares about her family. It doesn't want to hurt them either mm-hmm. or knows that they're close. It seems like she is also consciously deciding to be like, no. He's, you know what I mean? Like David is, you guys can still talk That's to him. You all are all, and That's a good point. I don't want to take away her, right. you know, ability to be like, continue doing this. But I do also think, I don't remember if she's explicitly said it. I don't, well, it's like, I also, I just think that, I don't know. At the end of the day, she had to choose herself because he wouldn't choose her. And right. so it's like, you're still not choosing her by not checking in. And I just think she deserves more while acknowledging that it's incredible what he's doing and that, you know, she her kids have a relationship with him. Frank, who's like, I don't even know how to characterize it, but mm. I actually do love that Frank and David are, are, are good friends. Right. I think that's actually kind of sweet. But like also you're broken up. So like if you want to maintain a relationship with her family, you actually, to me, do need to have a relationship with her. You don't right. get to cross over the person that right. you're in a significant relationship with who wanted to marry you and ignore her but take care of everybody else. It's like you can't get to the outside without going through the center. And I think mm. there's something kind of fucked about skirting Fair. around that woman who was one of the loves of your life or someone who you really cared about to get to everybody else because she was supposed to be the center of your world. So what right. does it mean if you're still not choosing her? Wow. Right? Wow. Just no. a little bit. You're right. A little bit. It annoys a lot me. It annoys me. And I and this is the idea. Nobody's a bad person in this. Mm-hmm. We're not playing that. I just think that this is a really tough situation. She is very close to her family. We mm-hmm. understand how much her mom means to her. And I just know how helpful he is in this process, but I also know that like I thought we were trying to work on healthier dynamics which is why we're no longer with this guy but maybe also it's very unrealistic for me to say that because maybe that's just a part of the process they were together for so many years he's you know maybe he just needs a little bit of time regardless of the fact that there's a very significant health crisis taking place yeah and i think she's another one you know who we've seen go through so much like we just want the world for Dolores. We the really world. do. We've seen. I mean, we've really seen her since you know, like season one. But mm. even like when she first became full time, it was like she was single and like mm-hmm. ready for this new chapter. She's and then so we got to see beautiful. her with David, and then mm. just like this has been so heartbreaking. And now she's with this new guy. Yeah. So it seems like it, it's just we. It's really hard to watch that. But also, again, she's being really open and vulnerable about that. Even mm. when she was sharing that at the spa day, I was like, "Gosh, it's it's awful." Also, she's so fucking hot gorgeous so hot she's like literally hot though no like i'm obsessed with her i know and yeah she's like she's amazing even when she kind of like flips out a little bit yeah 
phenomenal. I know. It's great. It's I know. Her and Jackie too. at that thing was so, I was like, oh my gosh. I was like, this is so, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like chills. Tingles. I know. I know. Because she just gets so like, she squints her eyes and it's like, <sighs> oh yeah. Like she's Patterson Dolores. I, I know. Mean, I love a little bit of Patterson. I know. And I feel like we really did. I mean, when Danielle first came back and it was like Danielle versus Dolores, that was like, we really saw. Nightmare. Nightmare situation. Right. Nightmare. Crisis. And now Hashtag this like, is a crisis. <laughs> <laughs> a little bit. Literally. And now it's like she's like Patterson Dolores has kind of been dormant. You know, she's kind of just but been she's ready to rise. But again. she's she is ready. All you have to do is is, is poke a little, but mm-hmm. she'll she'll come. <sighs> Listen, I have to tell you, Jared Alexander, I'm so glad that you came back to the cloth. I'm this so has glad you I know your I'm first actually time here. in the cloth. You came back to the people's new people's people's couch and as I touch right. my dresses, it's like a form of therapy when I'm recording. It's just yeah. let me just reach my Get hand and feel some taffeta right. some Christian Siriano moments. Um I just think your insight is so lovely and I love talking with you and connecting with you and I'm so glad that it's not over zoom and that we're vaccinistas and absolutely able and boostinistas and I'm an antibody anista (laughs) and um and able to connect IRL because that's really what it's all about like podcasting I don't think was Mm -hmm. made for zoom it's just a different kind of dynamic delays it just is like oh my god I can't even No, if I never have to see another zoom box again I think we all feel that way oh amen yeah Um, no I I really feel like one of Andy's girls now I I feel officially this feels like I've been in train it's like a sorority it feels like I've just been like rushing but now I'm like officially (laughs) 100% an Andy's girl um sidebar did you ever watch that show on MTV was like sorority life or whatever. True. No, I know exactly what you're talking about, but I definitely never watched it. But I remember the promos. It was insane. It was nuts. I need a, maybe I'm going to do a little YouTube of that tonight. It's wild. YouTube is always like, that is like, that's where you can really mine for those things. Mm. Yeah. Like old MTV stuff. I mean, people used to have photo albums and now we just have YouTube. YouTube. It's like, what's that thing I remember (laughs) watching when I was 15? Okay, great. Here we go. Right. (laughs) Now I feel cool. Um, Listen, tell the AGs where they can follow you, any of the recent pieces that you've written for the Griot that people can um, read about. Tell us all. Yeah, absolutely. Mention it all. Always. How can I not? How can Um, I not? You definitely can see anything that I write and uh, just with my social media accounts. My Instagram is at the Jared Alex and my Twitter is at hey, H-E-Y-Y, it's Mm. Jared. Um, yeah, and so there is where I share all my writing, all my features and everything, and I have some exciting things coming up uh, that'll be fun to check out. So definitely see me on there. Perfect. And guys, speaking of checking things out, first off, Andy's Girls Patreon, the number one way to support the pod, aside from this other thing that I'm about to talk to, patreon.com slash Girls. You get exclusive bonus episodes, um, invites to special Zoom key keys, and more. We got two recent apps on there with a third coming this week, unpacking more about Orange County and some crazy satchels of gold that you guys sent my way. And again, in Andy's Girls lingo, a satchel of gold is a listener thought, feel, question, and concern about a recent housewife event or something Bravo related or not that you've been thinking about, slide into my DMs on Instagram at Dame Galley or email long form thesis style satchels to Andy's Girls Show at gmail.com. And also, you know, one, one if not more than one of the housewives that we have spoken of tonight, maybe a special guest or participant or something 
at Andy's Girls Live, which, guys, is this Saturday, March 26th at Club Coming. Save $5 right now by buying your tickets at andysgirls.eventbrite.com. 20 bucks in advance, 25 at the door. If you are not able to come but want to make sure that we are technically sold out, we will ensure that your seat is um, donated back to and used by another AG. So if you are interested in supporting the show and getting a ticket, which we would love, just email me or slide into my DMs and let me know and we will change the name on the list. But it's going to be an incredible night joined by Evan Ross Katz, a.k.a. the Doris Kearns Goodwin of Bravo. We're going to do drinking games at Q&A and so much more. And we would love to have a nice big crowd because it's the 300th episode. And the sec- I'm shaking. Oh man, can you even believe? And the second, only the second time we've ever done a live show, and we're hoping to do it again. But we need to ensure that this one is a big success for AG 300, the 300th episode. I literally can't even believe it. That's incredible. Center. It's can a milestone. It? 300. Today was 298. That's incredible. That like makes me feel a little bit. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like, can't it's even. Like, right. Um, so guys, if you are considering, and I have to say, someone, um, I did an AMA on IG stories, ask me anything, and someone said, you know, like, is it okay if I um come alone? And I said, absolutely, a hundred percent, because you are in a space. Consider it the Bravo version of Cheers. People may not yet possibly know your name but they definitely know anything that you will bring up about literally anything bravo related so come by yourself come solo or come with a friend everyone is welcome and you will get the chance to interact and meet with so many fellow ags and bravo holics it's a really really fun very laid back um sassafras event and we can you know do a little maybe a little drink after maybe a little turtle time a little seltzer mm. kiki or something else um so again tickets on sale now we would love if you can get your advanced seats and keeping in mind the last show sold out so make sure to reserve your spot at andysgirls.eventbrite.com and then slide into my dms and let me know what you want us to talk about especially because there's a q a and we want to make sure that we're covering all the good stuff listen speaking of good stuff this was such a light. Thank you so, so much. so great. It's always amazing. Oh, my God. I'm excited. I just have to say it was like exactly what I personally really needed. And um, I loved it. Uh, and guys, I hope you're all doing okay. Enjoyed this app, which I absolutely know you did. And we will chat with you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.